0: Hey, what's going on, Rob?
1: Not much, man. I'm tired, I'm hungry, and I'm starting to get hangry. Other than that, I'm alive, so can't complain. I
0: won't keep you too long. Obviously, I want to talk about Chemical Warfare, the new album, and some tracks and some guest appearances and get your opinion on a couple things, but uh, walk me through the... Uh the recording of this album and how did the pandemic craziness interfere with that were you already done with the album kind of walk me through the the process of recording chemical warfare
1: uh, i mean for the most part it, it was done you know before everything got shut down so it, it was uh it, we recorded in like mostly in december 2019 and then we went on tour and then after the tour uh got a couple more tracks done afterwards. then it was kind of tricky. yeah, most of it was already done and it's just been this long buildup mostly on the part of the label because they want to make sure that you know it's it's hard like the traditional route of promoting an album, you put a single out you tour, you put another single out you tour and that's the main promo but in this situation they're just trying to make the biggest impact we can make so it doesn't fizzle out too quickly you know and actually make it last because we don't know when we can get back in the studio properly. And then again, you know, the touring thing, who knows?
0: I love what we've heard so far from the album and wanted to talk about a couple of the tunes. Obviously, Invincible with Lindsey Sterling. great video and and, uh, great little Retaliators movie clip in the video for that tune as well. But I was reading about your little obsession that you had with Lindsey and getting her to be a part of the tune
1: um it's it's weird because it's i'm not like i'm not a super fan of her i do love her i think she's great I, i love what she's done it's awesome but it was more of like i heard her like it was actually like two albums ago i had this song which which was featured on i am human the last album i just had this in my head like it needs some kind of something in the middle section it was an acoustic song I'm the drummer but I wrote it after my grandfather had passed away and I'm the drummer but there's no drums on it right it's just just an instrumental or sorry a acoustic track right I heard her and that's when she blew up with Lizzie Hale and I was like that's what this song needs I need that violin girl and so (laughs) you just throw it out there and just see what happens and honestly it was more the obsession of Making this dream come true through all the ups and downs my band has had. And, you know, one year it feels like, all right, we're here, we're good, we're relevant, and it seems like I got a career. And then the next year it's like, all right, well, what do I do with my life now? It looks like uh, being a band is not going to be that, you know, that fruitful anymore. So I got to think of something else to do. So it's just that pursuit of the dream that really was more of, I had a vision. And though it wasn't the same song, that's art what's in your head doesn't always come out perfect, but you ultimately make something beautiful in the end. And and it was just really cool to be in the same room with her and just like Let her do her thing on a rocking track, which was not the original intention, but nonetheless, she did it. And she was in the video. She's literally the nicest person I've ever met in life. Like, literally the actual, like, if I do a power rankings of nicest people in the world, she's clearly number one. It's not even close.
0: (laughs) And cool that you did get to do the video and and record with her, I guess, because that was all pre-pandemic, right?
1: Actually, no. We did the video, like, right in the... Probably the most confusing, weirdest part of the pandemic, which was in uh, July, in the beginning of July. And she recorded her parts, I think it was like April of last year. So it was in the most weirdest confusing of times but you try things and you don't know and you're like we wear a mask and with the video because it was on the set of the retaliators movie there was very much a lot of protocol and we all had to get like tested we had to get the rapid testing and all that just to make sure even still right it's still scary but at that time there was even more we didn't know about it it was like well let's give it a shot i was sick at the time <laughs> had some kind of weird chest allergy thing going my like, guys I, I i got it <laughs> I know no. I got it, but turns out I didn't, and we were all fine, and, and we ended up making a really rad video.
0: Yeah, I love the video, and I love all the movie stuff cut in, the retaliators, and uh, can't wait to see that. Did you guys get any uh, screen time in the movie, or or just a, uh, the song on the soundtrack and in the movie?
1: Actually, well, Craig, the singer, he's he's in the movie. He has some featured parts in the movie, so uh, you, you can see some of the clips, I think, in the video. I don't know. Maybe I'm confused with the scene. I don't know. I've seen so many things. But, yeah, he's, he's actually in the movie. The rest of us not, but he is. So that's really cool.
0: Yeah, super cool. And, and talk about cool, having Travis Barker play on Not My Problem. And even cooler than that, you got a drum lesson from Travis Barker.
1: Yeah. So this is the controversial part because my dad's like, why is someone else playing your drums? I'm like, Dad, you don't understand. <laughs> this is my idol. <laughs> like, when I walked into the studio, because we did our album with John Feldman, who's done the last couple Blink records, his kit was in there. And the first thing I said is, like, dude, we got to get John Feldman on the track. As I just mentioned with, you know, on the, a couple songs on the last record, my role in the band isn't just the drummer you know it's it's a team effort and it's all about creating art and we fight a lot sometimes i write everything sometimes i write nothing and sometimes they write the parts for me and i play them and so it just we're just about creating the art you know so it was an honor to have him and it was cool because uh, he's actually works with uh, with rash our guitar player who engineers for him now Uh, him and Machine Gun Kelly, so they have a great relationship and he came out to our show last time we played in LA and he when he walked in the room was like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) This is insane. Like he's the guy, you know, it's like Neil Pertz passed away. For me it's still Lars, but Travis Barker's like right there. You know what I mean? It's like he's the guy. If you're a drummer, there's no way you weren't influenced. I know at least three Blink-182 albums back-to-back, you know, like every song, every note, and it was such an honor, man, and he did such a good job, and uh, I'm not going to lie, it's pretty difficult to replicate that stuff, but (laughs) I I just got to get my chops up, you know?
0: Well, that's the thing I was going to ask you. I mean, I'm nowhere on the scale of you, but played drums a little bit as a kid. Was it not tempting to like have him go off and do a drum, create a drum solo in a song or something? Because he, he's not doing anything particularly showing off. He's just kind of keeping the song going, right?
1: Uh, you know, it's it's hard to say as like a freaking diehard fan of his. That to me is right in his wheelhouse. That's like his style. He does everything he plays a lot of patterns and that's what's so interesting about him it's like it's it's this repetitive catchy thing that's really complicated and it's like it's a lot more complicated than it seems and i don't know maybe maybe i said we should have probably turned the drums up in the mix (laughs) you know but trust me there's some gnarly stuff happening and Again, it's all it's all about creating art. And if it didn't that particular song didn't quite call for a drum solo necessarily, but I would not have opposed that in any capacity.
0: (laughs) But can you give us any insight into the drum lesson? I mean, I'm sure it was more than paradiddles he was teaching you.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's honestly that was that that was the gist of it. We were just kind of going over some rudiments and showing me some stuff, and I was just like, listen, man. What's your automatic go-to? You're about to walk on stage. What's the thing you do habitually? So he he gave me a couple different ones that he does, and that's just every single time. And I learned them, and it took me a minute, and then... I, once I started to get these these certain, like, types of rudiment things or whatever with the drums, like, I, I'm not big on that, man. I like to play with a band. I like to bash like a caveman. But <laughs> just learning these things, all like, now I, I see why you're the GOAT, dude. <laughs> it's like pretty hard, man, some of this stuff. But it was really cool just to get it directly from him. And he, he was super nice. He didn't care whether I was good or bad. He was just going to give me some advice. And that was it, you know.
0: That's awesome. And speaking of drums, were you a kid that played like marching band or did you just kind of pick up the sticks and learn on your own later in high school?
1: I've been playing since I was 10. So I was in elementary school. But unfortunately, we had some kind of test with like your hearing or something. And I guess they thought I'd do pretty good on trombone. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to be in band then if I'm going to be a a tromboner. So I was like, I'm out. And I, I said, I'm a drummer. And that's all I did. And I played sports back then, but I, drums was like, once I started playing drums, I, that was it for me. I was like, I gotta do this. And um, I, I didn't take any lessons until I started touring with like some big bands. Like the first time I ever like, and I've never had a formal lesson, right? Where I sit down officially with a guy, but it was always just getting advice from other drummers. And the first one I ever had was with uh, uh, the drummer of uh, Neil from Three Days Grace. He's the first guy who ever taught me, like, a rudiment thing. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll just do this. So I did that for, like, a year. And then I'm like, oh, there's a lot of these exercises you could do. <laughs> I should probably do those. I just played all feel. I used to just listen to Metallica and just jam to that, then Megadeth. And then I just would just always just try to listen to my favorite records. And that's, that's what I would do. I would just jam on that stuff. Never really took lessons. till so way, way, way later.
0: You had mentioned playing acoustic guitar and stuff. Do you play every instrument now? Are you versed on guitar and bass and everything now?
1: If you can play guitar, you can kind of play bass. You're not going to be flea necessarily, but you can, you, you, know, you can dabble. But I definitely play a lot of guitar. To be honest, I probably play guitar more than drums. Uh, Cause I I just find it a lot easier to write, you know. Cause I I do love writing lyrics and stuff, so it's kind of easy to mm-hmm. figure out, you know, some ideas and stuff on, on with, like, sitting down with an acoustic. Sometimes it's just chords. Sometimes it's thrash and playing metal riffs and all that. And it just depends on how I'm feeling that day. But I so I play a lot of guitar and and some piano. I'm pretty decent at piano. I could I could make people think that I'm gnarly because I learned Hey Jude. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the same two songs that's it and then just like chords you know
0: i love it and i love the other uh the new single band really an anthem unbreakable and kind of showing a, a little bit of a, a different flavor of the band
1: yeah so that that's a song we definitely fought with our record label about well mo- most of them were on our side but yeah that that song was that that's not our favorite <laughs> i'm not gonna lie <laughs> It, it's different. You try things. I maybe wish it would have been like a highlighted track, but you, again, it's art and it's, it means different things to different people. And, you know, some people love it. And so I get texts like, some people are like, dude, that song's so sick. And then I get another group of friends that are like, yo, you guys got to be kidding me. That's terrible. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, it's different. But that's when it's a controversial song like that, that means you've done something that is pretty unique. And I think that's something that that we were striving for with that song. Let's make something that's a little bit different. Let's do electronics, not really a rock song. We're actually thinking like Kanye West, just do something more anthemic, electronic, and just straightforward, simple, just about kind of you know, not willing to succumb to to pressure and failure, like just to kind of just keep moving forward. And so that's, you know, it's, it seems like a, a, such a generic term, you know, to use the word unbreakable, but it was, that was the vibe. And it was like, that's, you know, just don't be deterred by anything. Like just keep striving to do whatever it is your goal is in mind, you know?
0: Well, I think right now and here and now in this time, we certainly need those words of encouragement. And that's how I took it, like a positive encouragement song where a lot of hard rock, heavy metal can get kind of doomy and gloomy. So it's kind of nice to have something encouraging, you know, a little change of pace.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's honestly, the for the most part, that's the, the general theme of the album. Of the last two albums, it's sort of, we've grown up, you know. We were angry young kids And then we were stupid young, young, young men, young kids. And then we were kind of like sort of finding this new footing and now we have kids and, and, you know, we just, it's always about like, all right, how can we actually make an impact, but also be honest, you know? And in that particular song, it was very much about like, let's just not, let's not talk too much about life. Let's just focus on like trying to, to win, you know? And so the general theme of the album is, is always of, of sort of overcoming, you know, with a little bit mixed in of the emo emotions here and there, you know.
0: I love it, and you know, at first, first reading it, I was like, "Wait, is this a Slayer tribute? Chem- chemical warfare? What's going on here?" <laughs> but clearly, going in a, uh, a different direction and different theme and and different style altogether.
1: You know, just real quick because you mentioned the the album title. The reason I loved it, and and I thought the same thing you did. I said. Nah, dude, like, this, (laughs) we don't even really have any metal tracks on this? I don't know about that. But then, once I understood the song, where it was coming from, from Craig and the lyrics and why that means so much, it kind of is the central reason why all these songs exist and where the band is at now is because of that sort of battle. And then, coincidentally, there's a pandemic at the same time. It honestly has a couple different meanings and so that's all okay it might look a little more metal on the surface but really there's a lot to that name it has a, a, a dual thing going on there
0: i love it and look forward to checking it all out and you know looking ahead to the future a little bit uh i saw some summer tour dates at incarceration and rock usa do you think they'll actually happen Do you think you'll actually play any shows this year
1: Well, you know, every single interview, even with friends, they ask, uh, you know, the shows and the tour, the same, I got the same answer that you do. I don't know. Hopefully, you know, like we'll see. Even me, I honestly, I've been doing this a long time. I'm enjoying the time at home with my family, but I got to get out there. You know what I mean? (laughs) I got to play on a stage and perform for people. It's what I do. Luckily, I've been able to have my shows on Twitch, but obviously playing in front of people and having that frenetic energy is, you know, it's the ultimate sort of form of entertainment to me. And I, I miss it, but I don't know when that will happen. We have a few still listed and as of yet they have not been pushed back or canceled. I don't know if they, if they will be, Um, I would say they're probably going to happen as the vaccine sort of starts to get around, but your guess is as good as mine. Are
0: you still Las Vegas-based? I know the band started in Vegas. Are you still Las Vegas-based? Are you in L.A. now?
1: I'm personally in Las Vegas. The rest of the guys, are, we're kind of spread out, so it makes getting together a nightmare, but, you know, it's cool. Uh, uh, Thrasher, guitar player, is in L.A., and Craig's in Phoenix. He's, he's from Phoenix, and, uh, and TJ, our guitar player, he's out in Pennsylvania. So, yeah, we're kind of spread out now, but after 15 years, man, it's cool. <laughs> well,
0: I was gonna, What I was going to bring up with Vegas is it really kind of seems to be like the new rock central these days. I mean, I think you guys and Five Finger kind of kicked it off, but it seems like Vegas has kind of turned into a rock and roll hotbed lately. There's tons of bands coming out of Vegas these days.
1: You know, I was actually just uh, just reading up, just kind of deep diving into Five Finger Death Punch. I was like, oh yeah, they're from Vegas. Why did I forget about that? I knew a bunch of them lived here and I've ran into some, you know, just at various places, Guitar Center and stuff. But yeah, it, it they're, they're from here. and But it actually dates back to when we started, when the, the Killers took off and then Panic! at the Disco. And then Imagine Dragons has some roots here as well, uh, more on the whatever style you want to call them, you know. So there there is a lot of acts. You know, there was what they called the Slaughter Chris for like 20 years, where Slaughter was the only band to make it out of Vegas. <laughs> and then that curse got broken and and it's just kind of normal now to have a band come out of here and even on on you know the urban side of things like some some r&b artists and stuff that i went to high school with have, have made it and that sort of thing so it's it's pretty cool man
0: I love it. I love it. And especially being so close to SoCal. It's great that it's a little burgeoning scene out there. Rob, I appreciate all the time. I got one last question for you. One last thing I need your help on. And you had kind of touched on them earlier, but we're one of those old school radio stations that still does mandatory Metallica. So, and you, you oh, had mentioned them a couple of times. Dig, let's dig into your Metallica fandom. How did you discover them? What do you love about them? Talk Lars. Let's, let's talk Metallica.
1: Dude, listen, when they toured with Guns N' Roses, right, the Illusions Tour, my parents went to go watch Guns N' Roses, and they came back as Metallica fans. Yeah. Right? And that's when James' arm was burned. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I mean, those were the two biggest bands at the time. I mean, Nirvana was just taking off at that time, too. But those were the two bands. And... I don't know, something, it was so intense. And still to this day, I have conversations literally every day with one of my best friends. We'll just text each other, like, various James ad-libs, like, (laughs) go, or ooh, yeah. (laughs) like, we'll know exactly what we're listening to, right? (laughs) And, uh, dude, I still to this day, I just think that when it comes to, like, heavy music, right, they are the goal. They're everything that every band wants to be. And as a drummer, a lot of people like to pick on Lars. But the reality is that he's the ACDC of metal. You know what I mean? Like, he's he keeps it simple, but yet sometimes it's very hard to play. More physical than it is technical. And there's an energy to what they do. Neither one of them is the best at what they do individually. But collectively, something about it just creates this raw but crazy talent. But it's just... Dude, they're literally the best, like they're one and Beatles are two for me, but I had a Metallica bracket like three years ago, and now we're going to do a favorite Lars Moments bracket, dude, I'm obsessed, like I still, 30 years in, I'm still obsessed.
0: I love it, I love it, and you being a drummer, I got to ask you, can we talk, speaking of drum sounds and Lars, can we talk St. Anger, What's, what's your thoughts on that, that drum sound?
1: Well, he should he should have turned the he's he probably should have turned the snares on and you know they probably should have thrown what do they call those things like some moon gels or uh, yeah you know I we don't talk about that <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of like to forget no I mean look Saint Anger did have a couple pretty okay songs you know but yeah for the most part it, clearly obviously especially given their history right it wasn't the best and yeah i i mean i i've tried to go back and listen to that one and i was like well i, I really don't like it <laughs> it's like you know because sometimes you're like man was i just being a hater because everyone was hating on it and then you go back and you try like nah, i don't know <laughs> rough.
0: hey not everyone hits a home run every at bat right
1: even even the goat strikes out once in a while, you know?
0: Yeah, totally. Well, dude, one last thing for Metallica. It's mandatory Metallica. I need you to pick a Metallica tune for us to play on the radio. What's your favorite Metallica tune, Rob?
1: How gnarly can we go? Because I, I want to pick two. They're not obscure, but, you know, for me, Dire's Eve is my favorite. Uh, I, that, that's the ultimate. It's the most thrash. It's the most brutal, but it's the most, uh, like, heartfelt song lyrically, and that's it. So I, if you could play that one, please do. I know there's one word you got to beep out, but, man, James doesn't cuss much, but when he does, man, it makes an impact. And then uh, I'll go with uh, My Friend of Misery. Those two songs.
0: Oh, I love the bass intro on that tune. Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time and the great music, and hopefully we'll see you on the road sooner than later.
1: For sure, man. Thank you. I appreciate the time, man.
0: Thanks, Rob. Have a good one.
1: All right, you too, man.
0: Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms, Tune in Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m